Down and down again. Oh. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh, find her. Shit. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. Niggas. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. So, we had two special shows last week, and we're gonna have another special show this week. A Monday show only, though. Um, last week was just because so many things happened. I just want to get so many things on my chest. Dude, those two shows were hard. Like, being out of practice doing it, it just went away that fast. So I felt like I was rushing things. Um, I really wasn't. It was just, like, I knew what I wanted to say, but I was, like, moving, like, at, like, at 100 miles an hour. And I was trying to slow down, but I couldn't slow down. It just felt really freaking weird. Um, but, no, this is pertaining to the soundtrack that recently dropped as of last week as well. The Civilized Savage soundtrack is based off of the comic book Civilized Savage, which will be out. And I actually have a lot of people um, hit me up and say, hey, man, like, uh, what's going on? Like, with Civilized Savage, like, we saw you put that out last year. Like, is that ever coming out? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? Like... I've just been honest with so many people. I figured I might as well do a show on it. Essentially, I want to give the origins of this comic. I'll give like a little spoiler-free um, uh, synopsis on it. And then we'll get into the soundtrack and how that came about and everything like that. So essentially what happened was January of 2022, I had just finished. We had just wrapped up. The graphic novel, Messina's graphic novel, the first, uh, episodes, episodes are issues one through five. And I was planning on taking a break from comics, and I just said, cool, you know, figure out something to do, right? So January comes, and I remember where, like, if any, if any of you guys heard my interview on Lipsy's podcast, the Wishy Gang podcast, uh, you guys would know that Barbarian, uh, that, that hook just kind of came to me. Something I very rarely do is I leave the TV on. I very rarely leave the TV on if I'm asleep. This was the middle of the day. I needed a nap. The TV was still on. And a commercial for, I guess, a show called Barbarians or Vikings came on. And that's how I ended up getting uh, the chords for Barbarian. Well, this just happened. Just I was just sitting down. No pen, no paper, no nothing. Just sitting down on my bed. And legitimately, the entire story of Civilized Savage came to me. When I mean I was doing nothing, my t- this time to time, this may sound depressing, but no, it's not. It's a lot of times when um, when I'm just in my thoughts, I just have my light off, TV off, and I just kind of, it's kind of like a form of meditation, but it's not meditation. It's just a, me just being in my thoughts and me just allowing quiet into my space, um, which I think we all should do. Well, anyways, um... I was just in my thoughts, and what I mean the entire story of Civilized Savage came to me, all 21 pages came to me. That's never happened to me before, where a comic just comes to me like that, and it just flows. Now, I remember, the whole thing flew to me. It wasn't like I had names and everything. It was just the entire story, the entire one shot came to me. And I remember I laid down, went to sleep maybe a few hours later, Woke up, the story was still in my head. And I was like, all right, it's in my head for a reason. So I better do something with it or else it's going to be lost, right? It's in my head for a reason. 
So this is a mystery comic. As most of my fans know, I've been doing that uh, superhero stuff. Never written anything different like to actually publish. And so I remember I went to my artist, said, hey, here's a plan. What I mean, I typed that entire story out in maybe... I typed the, all the panels out in maybe 10 minutes. Sent it right to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the next challenge was now sending the panels off that's cool but now hey i need to sit down write character names etc etc so i did all that stuff by the time he sends me the, the pictures back we go through the pictures uh the panels excuse me and i'm looking at what i like and what i don't like and it this 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 comic was the easiest comic i've ever done 21 pages one shot and i mean like it was it, it was all done with a self-contained story that you can build off of and do multiple stories but I was like, this was only meant to be a one-shot. If more comes of it, that's cool as well. All right? So, wrote on everything. Got the panels back. Did all stuff. Um, got the colors back. Then sent it off to lettering. I mean, this, this whole book was probably done in like two months. And that was... Not, and I'm saying two months because I don't remember the exact timeline. But I, I, I'm even being nice when I'm saying two months. If It was more like a month and change. F, F that. It was probably a month, if I'm being honest. Um, cause everything just flowed so easily and it just came to me and I don't know what made a mystery come to me, but it did. And, um, I remember I sent off, uh, my synopsis to Jonathan Esther and someone else. I said, what do you think about this? And he said, well, I don't think I've ever seen that or had that be it for beat for beat. Right. I said, okay, cool. And then it came time. I was going to put it out in May of last year, May or June of last year, put our work on Instagram. My Instagram followers know. Uh, and I legitimately was like, and you know what, really quick side note, right? You know, some, something was pointed out to me the other day, and I didn't even realize this. I haven't tried to get verified on Instagram for a while now. Now, I know I've gone up significantly in followers. I went from like 3,000, I, like, I think I'm like close to 10K now. It's like a little, it's like 9,000 something. But trying to get verified on it, I've seen people with 3,000 verified, right? Someone pointed out to me the other day, because I was uh, cash apping them something, and they were cash apping me back. They said, you know, you're verified on Cash App, right? I said, mm, I don't know what you talking about. So they said, the blue check mark means you're verified. I thought everyone had that blue check mark on uh, Cash App. So I'm looking, and I just Google it, because you know Google's never wrong. And I'm fucking verified on Cash App. I didn't do anything to be on Cash App and verified. So I'm like, what the, f- what is going on here? How do I get verified on Cash App and not Instagram? I don't even use Cash App that much. It's just super fucking weird. Anyways, sorry for that rant. So, I was going to put out in May or June of last year, 2022. And I tried to think of different ways of promoting it. I just had nothing. Superheroes is what I've been focused on. I know how to promote that. I did not know how to promote a mystery one-shot. So, I was stuck. I was stuck. So, you know what? I'm not putting this shit out there just to put it out there. I'm not just going to have another title under my name and do nothing with it, right? Yeah, I might sell some units, but it's about building on it, right? So, I was like, and plus I felt really strong in the story. So, something's not going to put out there. So, I waited, waited, waited. And then... August or September of 2022 last year I said you know what fuck this dude this story needs to get out there I feel strong about it maybe I should just put a soundtrack out there I've done soundtrack before in my career Uh, I did soundtrack to my comic book and uh, short film Late Justice it's out there now check it out putting the soundtrack together was easy but at the time I was on Facebook I'm not on Facebook anymore because I find Facebook to be very toxic um 
But I remember I just put out a call. Hey, I, I know a bunch of artists here. Can anyone help me out? I'm putting a, putting a soundtrack out here, blah, blah, blah. I got so many submissions. I finally, I loaded it to 10. Uh, and um, matter of fact, I can look it up right now while I'm talking to you guys. I don't remember the exact amount of, I know I'm on there a good bit. But um, I went to it with a completely different mentality um, because I was just like, okay, I'm getting all these songs. I got a lot of dope songs and a lot of songs I was just like, okay, something is, you know, um, I'm not going to force anything I shouldn't be forcing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm on one. I'm actually only on three tracks on here. Actually, yeah, it's 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 completely covered up by other people, and it's nine songs. So I apologize. So I'm on a third of it. Um, it's actually longer than the soundtrack. That's interesting. Anyways, um, so I say, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do a soundtrack. Do what I know how to do, and build from there. Went to, went to my manager, Jay. Said, yo, Jay, got this idea for a soundtrack. Um, I'm going to leave some details out because some things are just like business purposes. I'll leave some of those things out. But I told him what I was looking for as far as like the artist goes. And at first we had no submissions coming through. And then as I was wrapping up the soundtrack, we got a bunch of submissions. In. That's how it is, right? Um, but the first submission I was handed was from an artist named Eli. It's called Mysteries. The first track on the soundtrack. And I remember I first heard it, it was hard to decipher what he was saying because his mic was so bad. It was something I would have never submitted because the quality was so poor. I ended up having to go to the studio myself because I heard the potential in the record. I went to the studio myself, but I was already going to the studio anyway. And we cleaned it up to where it's we mixed and mastered ourselves so it sounded not less less poor quality. And so I remember listening, I was like, okay, this, this is going to start the soundtrack. This, is, this fits it. And I believe he wrote that... Mind you, no one's read this comic. No one's read this comic. It's just been me. And he did that song, Mystery, with just him just hearing the synopsis. I was like, cool. That's dope. Anyways, I'm, I'm going to hear myself. <laughs> Sorry, I started to... Matter of fact, I'll keep going with the soundtrack. Then I'll give you guys a synopsis of the comic. Since I'm already on the soundtrack. And I remember then I, I talked to Jonathan Esther. He dropped the song, Naive, after hearing the sound. He, he hasn't read it either. Just, just hearing the synopsis. And I heard Naive. I was like, okay. That that sounds like a character on here. I got those two submissions, and I had no songs that I was uh, stuck to on my own. But then I started. But then I watched this clip on Hip Hop Madness. It's on YouTube YouTube channel. Talks talk about hip hop, obviously. And I, and they they're going through the history of Fifty Cent mixtapes and how he started it, but how Lil Wayne perfected it, which I agree with. But I remember my first time ever hearing 50 Cent. I was with, I knew this guy from New York. Crazy New Yorker, all New York, but he loved New York. So one day he was like, hey man, I'm going to New York to get some some, some mixtapes of 50 Cent. He's like, you want to come? I was like, go to New York? No. I lived in Maryland at the time for the record. And Maryland is probably one of the most perfect places to live if you want to just get away and go to a big city for a day or two. Because think about this. I lived in a place called PG County, Prince George's County. You're 30 minutes from Baltimore, 30 minutes from D.C., 45 minutes away from Virginia. That is, if you want to just get a different flavor of life, you have that. You're also then two hours away from Delaware, two hours away from Ocean City, 
four hours away from fucking New York. That's those are not long drives. You're four hours away from the Carolinas. Not long drives. You're close. You, 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 you once you start getting to the Atlanta stuff, that's ten hours away. That's a different story. Anyways, um, so I remember he said, I, I'm, just, I'm just gonna pick up some pick up some some sandwiches and fucking mixtapes. I'm gone. I was like, all right, cool. This was a, this was a Friday night. So I, I get by, I gotta be back by Monday. I was really young at this time. And I was still living with my mom. So we go. I remember I passed out. Really didn't seem to watch New York. We we legit only. St- he he stopped. He knew where he was going. Got his mixtapes. I remember looking around. I still don't know actually where we were. We went to this pastrami's place. I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's you YouTube the best pastrami in New York. It's gonna be the first place that they stay. And we stopped there, got out, got we got some sandwiches to go, boom, on the way. And he's playing this for the first time I ever heard 50 Cent. And I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm like, who is this guy? This guy's a fucking maniac. And he's so dope. First track I ever heard was How to Rob. Then I just heard other shit. I'm like, okay, this is dude. Then I start I then this place there used to be a place called Laurel Mall. Now it's turned into like a um, one of those open shopping malls, but it's not a real mall. There was a guy who didn't sell mixtapes in there, and, and uh, I think Jay Prince had a hand in that mixtape shop. I think he had like part ownership there. Jay Prince is uh, owner of Rap a Lot Records. Anyways, um, I remember they started selling mixtapes, so when I started picking up every mixtape I, I could get my hands on. And I remember the one thing he did with the mixtapes was I, I. I felt like he was treating them like albums, he was, but he was having fun. I, I just felt so strongly that he was like, no, I want to murder this record. One, better than the person who actually did it. But two, I'm going to murder it to the point where it's like, you're going to realize I'm not even going 100% on the record. This isn't me going halfway. I'm like, okay. I remember just listening to it. And I remember getting naive and mystery back. I said, okay. I have to murder this soundtrack. I have to make this soundtrack about my, about not just the comic, but me. Slow Chemical. And I got into that mindset. And I had a couple of records already that I was, wasn't was so sure about. I had this record called The Internet. It's on there. It's number, track number four. And I remember I came up with the chorus, Internet, Internet. We got into it because the Internet. And I remember I liked it. Sent it off to GSP, Jumpstart Pro. We did a beat together on it. The beat came out really good. And I remember I had the first verse to it. I didn't write the first verse for the internet. I wrote for something else. No, excuse me. I just wrote it to wrote it. Write it. Wrote it to wrote it. Listen to me. I just wrote it to write it. And um, wrote it to write. I just wrote. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I just, I just, I just. I, it was, it was just a verse I had. And it was like treat me like you treat Kendrick. Overanalyze it. And when you see my sins, demoralize it. I just had that. And I remember going to the studio. I just wanted to finish the song. But there was this part we had put in that was a bridge. And I was looking for a male singer to kind of like an old Nate Dog, like Nate Dog, rest in peace. Uh, former, like he he's, uh, has a huge hand in uh, West Coast hip hop and hip hop in general. But I remember I was looking for someone who had that kind of flavor who could sing on the bridge for me. Male version of it. Male guy. Uh, male person. Male, male, male. Jesus Christ. So um, I remember then as I'm going to the studio that day. Listening to the beat. Still don't have a second verse. I was trying to put three other people on that song. I didn't want to do a second verse. And none of them were feeling They were feeling the beat, but they weren't feeling it enough to get on a record. Because they said they didn't know. They didn't have anything. They, had, they said, we need more. Your first verse didn't really give us anything. Okay. 
And then my cousin said something very simple to me. He said, hey, your first verse didn't give it anything because it wasn't meant to. It was definitely, it feels like a setup for the second verse. But it doesn't have to be you, but for whoever plays off that verse has to be, has to come, has whoever plays off, whoever gets on this song has to play off that verse. And I was like, okay, that's, that makes sense. Because I didn't actually write that verse for this track. So... I ended up writing a verse on the way to the studio. And then I had this particular flow. And I was like, this is the way I need to rap this. I just set that in my head. And I don't usually do that with, with rap verses. Anyone who listens to my music, um, I'll let you know a little secret. I just write verses. And then when I get into the studio, I just go off to feel how I'm feeling that day. If I feel like I'm rapping too fast, I slow it down, vice versa, et cetera, et cetera. If I got to tweak it later on, I tweak it later on. But this time, when I wrote this verse, I, I hadn't even practiced it. I just wrote it. And then something said to me, you need to rap it like this. Um, she told me for a little bit the booty I can grip. But how? I met her on the internet. Like, just saying stuff like that. That would never flow like that. But that's just what my spirit was telling me. Get into the studio. And Tyler's my engineer. I've said this before on this podcast. Tyler is my fan. Tyler is like the, the ear of my fan. When he the times the tracks that he's really loved when I put them out there like think about it last year he was the first one before the track was even done to say man this this is this is dope right what are you doing with this so I did my second verse and the track wasn't even done again had not found the singer nothing finally put the singer I've been using I want to use a thing about it on this but I remember I did the second verse and I remember him nodding his head he's like yo like this is this sec this second verse is fucking crazy. So I wasn't even done. So okay. So I sent that off to my cousin. He was like, man, this is kind of that second verse. That second verse is dope. I was like, okay. So all right, cool. So it was and then I ended up putting Shorty on the, the, the song because I couldn't find a male singer. Where certain male singers I just didn't want to work with. So, anyways, um I did that. We finished the track. And I felt that even though it, it fits the here's how it fits the comic book. Um there's a character in there that is a uh, very known journalist, and she does everything online. So essentially, that's what that's where it comes in in that regard. Um, but it also just one of those records where I felt so strong about, it, but I knew it wasn't the album cut because this this I I definitely am dropping privacy. It's not even called privacy is an illusion anymore. As a matter of fact, I'll announce it here. It's called my new album now. Be out in June. It's called Uninvited Guest. It's changed the title for it, but it's called Invited Guest. But um, that's how the internet came about. Um, Cigarette Break came about from the Wishy Gang podcast. I've said, I think I said this on the, the, the podcast before, but I'll say it again. When I was on the Wishy Gang podcast being interviewed by Lipsy, um, I asked Lipsy a question. No, excuse me. Actually, it happened on this podcast, actually. Bullshit. When I was interviewing Lipsy for this podcast, I asked him. I said, hey, uh. When did you know you were making a when, when did you know you're making a, a, a statement in the in the hip hop world? He said when I stopped being the cigarette break. And I said, Wow, that's a song. He said, Damn, I wish I thought about that. Now legitimately at the that same time, that same day we did that interview, we did that nighttime. And I remember I had a chorus immediately. I immediately had a chorus. Um and I said, Okay, I need to make a beat to this. But I had no ideas on a beat. Then I heard Jefferson Airplanes um, to be loved. 
to be loved. You know that that track. Uh, we want somebody to love. Don't. I remember I heard that. And I went to GSP and I said, what can we do with this with this course? He heard it. He said, I got some ideas. So even though it's co-produced, it's 9% him. I, I added a few little snippets here and there, but that's definitely more more of him than me. But I remember I had it, and I said, I need to put I need to put someone on it. In my initial writing of the verse, for some reason, I felt the verse was longer than it was. No, excuse me. The verse is longer than the 16 bar. How, how the problem is, not the problem, but the thing is I'm flowing so much faster on that track that it feels like it's just a 16, but it's really more bars than that. Anyways, I said I need to put somebody on it. I have Jonathan Esther. He sent me a verse. I actually had, hadn't even heard the verse because I just told people to send me, the, if, they're, if they're on the track with me and they don't send me a sample of the track with them on it, I'm just like, all right, make sure you give me the stems I put on there. So I had to, I didn't even hear his verse. Um, I just needed the stems, got the stems, did my verse, laid it down. Um, it has nothing to do with the soundtrack. It has nothing to, excuse me, nothing to do with the comic book. It's, I just feel like it was a dope record. I know um, a couple people didn't understand it record, um, but that's where I'm like, you have to listen to their lyrics. Where, where I'm coming from, because me and Jonathan Esther come from two different things. Like The thing that's kind of beautiful about the music relationship with me and Jonathan Esther is, uh, but it confuses some fans who are, who are not used to, used to listening to us together. But the fans who have heard us for a very long time will, will understand the differences. Like to me, when I listen to Jonathan Esther's verse on Smith's Cigarette Break, it's completely different than the points I'm trying to get across. I'm trying to get across, you can't, you, you, you're the cigarette break and I'm not the cigarette break. What he's trying to get across is completely fucking different. And honestly, if you ask him, it's going to be completely different than what I'm thinking, which is why I'm not even going to tell you what I think he's saying. Um, and I've heard that verse over and over now. I've heard it at least 20 times. Um, anyways, um, so that's how that song came about. Sobriety is a very interesting song. Um, I didn't know how people were going to take that. But I've actually gotten really good feedback from that uh, that track. I, I, I was actually, it's actually intermingled with levels. Now, I'm on six of the ten tracks. Which, which I felt I needed to be on to do my air quotes, no air quotes, no air quotes, fifty cent to it, but it's intertwined with levels. So I had this course called I had this course for levels, uh, many levels in this game, devils in this game, right? Send that off. We do a beat to it. We do a fire ass beat to it. I'm like, I got the ugly face going, right? Playing that shit. Can't think of anything to fucking write to that track. I'm stuck. Here's how I got stuck. Two nights after we did the beat, we finished the beat to levels. I legitimately woke up and was writing. And then this chorus just came to me. Sobriety is cool, but sobriety uh, feel. Yeah. So simple, but so powerful. And when I mean that chorus was stuck in my head, I I was trying to listen to levels and write. I could I would cut the beat off and be like, I ah, fuck that track. I can't. I couldn't write anything to it. So then I said, Hey, GSP, I, we need to do another beat. So then we're going back and forth in the beat, and the first iteration of the beat, we weren't even far into, or maybe a couple of steps into it, and GSP just looked at me and said, Hey, you, how do you feel about drill beats? I said, I don't have any feelings toward drill beats at all. I don't give a fuck, right? It's just a beat. And he was like, well, if we're ever going to do a drill beat, this is the this is the beat to do a drill beat. I don't have an idea. 
So just playing me an example of a drill beat that he just has in his mind. But I don't know what's in his mind. I just hear this. I'm like, all right, all right, whatever. You know, and I told him the structure and what I've seen in the song. I didn't see it as a 16-bar, four-chorus song. I saw it as a chorus at the beginning, chorus at the end, rapping all in between. No break, right? So I like that. So we start working on the beat. All of a sudden, the beat comes out to what it is. And I remember we had the the, the violin in there. And it's not real violin, it's from Pro Tools. But I remember, I remember hearing that. I said, like, oh shit, this is it. This We got that. This is it. Wrote the record. Things like 32 bars I rapped. Maybe a little bit more. I think it's a little bit more. No, it's definitely more than 32 bars. But um, I remember writing it. And once I and when I'm and, and once I finished writing that record, and when I mean I wrote it really fast, I was done in maybe thirty minutes an hour writing it. All of a sudden, the level beat came back on in my head. It was like this song had to be written and recorded in order to unblock me from writing anything. I could I didn't write anything else, but I couldn't write anything else because of this particular Shroud song. So I must have been on. My spirit, my heart, whatever, whatever you want to say. But I remember no lie. I wrote it. I wrote the last bar, and the last bar is, um, "Let me have my sobriety." I promise you. Boom. The levels became a head. I was like, "What the hell just happened?" And levels is the only song I I like it, but I feel like it got a disservice because it got the leftovers of sobriety. I wrote those, I wrote, I had the third verse already, which is an eight bar verse, but I remember writing both a 16 to verses one and two and not feeling as powerful as I felt before. And I remember saying to myself, man, I feel like, I feel like, it's, I feel like it's strong, but I feel like, I, I feel like I could have done better. But once I wrote it, that beat cut off my head again. Something about that song. But I love that beat we did, man. So happy with that beat. I'm happy with the lyrics too. But those two songs will ever be will forever be connected because of that. So, anyways, um, so those two songs are done. And then the final song that I was on is called "The Smoke." And I, what I'm actually gonna try to do in the next couple of weeks, I'm trying to get a couple of the artists that were on the the soundtrack to be on the podcast and do a special interview podcast for the podcast. I'll see how the, our schedules work out and, and uh, if, if that's even possible. But I definitely just want to tell you guys my side of things. Uh, so we talked about sobriety, cigarette break. We talked about um, levels and we talked about the internet. Actually, we, we have too much on the talk about, excuse me. Uh, but we talked about the smoke next. So the smoke, we did the beat and I had a first verse and a third verse. I wanted to put someone in the middle verse. I, I, and I, had, I couldn't find anybody. And I actually, was, I actually asked Libsy when I was on this podcast off air if he could jump on it. But by the time we were going to go to mastering and mixing everything, I said, you know what? Let me just do a verse. I'm going to steal tomorrow. I'll just knock it out. Fuck it. Um, I just had my verses. Jonathan Esther put a dope-ass chorus on it. And that's one of the most popular tracks. There's nothing really much to that one except for did it and just knocked it out. Um, and the final song is called Spencer Taste and that's um, the single we're actually shooting a video for it next month um, that song came about just me just kind of being in my in my room in my house freestyling 
And the choruses came to me. Only fans, only fans. Counting bands, only fans. Sent that off to two people. They were like, man, that's, that chorus is actually pretty dope. So, okay. Gotta do a beat to it. I didn't want to call it only fans, though. So, that's why I called it expensive taste. Um, so, we did the beat to it. I said, like, okay. Beat's pretty dope. Wrote the verses. And I didn't realize how good I set it up in there, in, this, in the verses, until I actually recorded it. And I honestly just did took my experiences from working with OnlyFans models. Worked with t- a ton of OnlyFans Anyone who follows my Instagram page, you know, I've worked with Miles. I've worked with a ton of OnlyFans models and hearing their stories or even taking photos for them to put on their websites or taking private photos for them so you can send off to an OnlyFans person, whatever. Like, just hearing their background on it and the things they, they, they do and the things they don't do or things like hearing how hard it is. I'm like, it's hard just to send a pussy pic? Like, what the fuck are you talking about, bitch? Like, seriously, those were in, those were in my thoughts. And then I just took all those things and just put them in two verses. And I was like, okay. Because it, it is hard, as we know, to build that fan base. It is hard to uh, keep the positive content going. Because once you go naked, what else is there? When there's people on Reddit going naked for free. When there's people pretty much on Instagram or whatever website for, doing it for free, making more money, you know? So that was just more of a uh, homage to the, the models and the things they do to give certain content. Um, I remember doing it and, and people love that record. And I said, all right, that's the first single. That that came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, I dropped the single first and I dropped this. So yeah, we're doing a video next month to it. So I feel strong about it. But those are six songs I'm on. Um, I feel great about them all. Um, I've always been told people's favorites. And I know the internet's an early favorite. Expensive Taste is. The Smoke is. Um, no one says sobriety is their favorite, but they just say, man, you wrapped your ass off on there. It's just, it's such a deep record. You know, I, I understand it, but, um, let's get to the comic book really fast. So essentially the synopsis on the comic book is a detective sitting down with a journalist, a very well-known social media journalist. And essentially he's looking for a burglar who's, he, he's been on the, the, the trail of for years, never know, catch this person, whatever. So he's telling this journalist who's been trying to get him to interview with her for a while now. He's telling the journalist, hey, this is why I don't interview, blah, blah, blah. Still open cases. And during and during this interview, essentially, as he's telling the story, she's kind of filling in gaps that she shouldn't be able to fill in. So it, got to, it has him thinking by the end of the book. It has him questioning everything. Because the, the beautiful part about this story is no one has seen this person. I made sure to go out of my way to never show who this person may or may not be. It's very much just up in the air. So that's it. You know, uh, please check the soundtrack out on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, whatever you like. Um, tell me what you think. Um, I appreciate that. Hit me, up, hit me up in my DMs like most of y'all do on IG. And also, you know, uh, check out the comic book that comes out. Uh, shoot. This week. This week it comes out. March 3rd. So check us out. Um like I said, I, I'm a, I'll, I'll let you guys know on Instagram when enough I'm able to get people for interviews so they could tell their story for their particular track on Civilized Savage. So I'm the Slow Chemical, and we are out.